Thank you for your company once again. We're continuing our series, Education Vision 2020, where we're getting around quite a few education experts and finding out where education is now, where it's headed to, and the reason why that's so important, as we've been saying over and over again, there's many reports out, there's lots of studies that have been done that show very clearly that a person that's well-educated Uh, They enjoy a number of things. They enjoy longevity of life, so quite often they live longer. Um, They definitely have more opportunities available to them that they can take up and quite often just an overall more fulfilling life. Well, that's the same for a country as well. If you've got well-educated people, you uh, have a much more prosperous country on the world stage. So today we're catching up with the principal of Merrimack, actually I'll say St. Michael's College Merrimack at the Gold Coast. That's uh, Anthony Elmore. Anthony Elmore, how are you? Good, thanks. Good. First and foremost, a little bit about you. You're the principal of this college. Yes, I've uh, been here for 18 months now, so it's uh, been wonderful to be here at, uh, at St Michael's, a, a wonderful community. We've been on a, a very significant uh, improvement journey over the past uh, 18 months, really focusing on learning and teaching and really uh, having the students at the core of all of our, uh, our decision-making over the past 18 months. It's been great, been a wonderful uh, time here, and we're really looking forward to uh, the vision that we have as we move forward. As we drove in this morning, we really noticed that you've got a lot of work underway over this Christmas period and um, we definitely want to have a chat about that and some of the vision that you've got for the college moving forward. Um, But before we do that, just in your view, broad terms, where do you think education is right now for Australia? Well, I think one of the key things for us uh, as a school community, but also broader than that, when you have a look at what's happening in Queensland, you have a look uh, nationally, One of the things that we keep coming back to is that education today is not the same as what it was, you know, five years ago or ten years ago. The world has absolutely changed and we need to make sure that we're keeping up with those changes and we're making sure that we're educating our young people for that changing world that uh, that they're graduating into, that they're taking their next step into. So uh, when we have a look at that, we can't continue to roll out the same that has happened in the past. And that's uh, part of the journey that we're on. And, and I know that any school out there that is serious about um, you know, preparing their young people for the future and that prosperous uh, world that we want to uh, generate, uh, we need to make sure that we're looking uh, with that eye to the future, not necessarily focused on, we've been doing it this way for 20 years, why can't we keep doing it this way? You mentioned 20, 10 and 5 years. Um, probably looking at just over those last five years because that change just seems to be accelerating. What are some of the big changes in your mind when it comes to schooling life? Well, certainly, uh, as we've seen, uh, particularly in these past 12 months, the change to the Queensland Certificate of Education and uh, the impact that has for our senior students, and we're very excited about that and the work that's happened across Queensland. The Queensland uh, Curriculum and Assessment Authority supported all schools uh, through that, and that's been excellent. Uh, Wonderful change for all of our students coming through. Uh, I think what we uh, are noticing then, uh, the increase, uh, the variety of subjects that have come on for students, that that real sense for our young people that there are such a a scope of opportunities for them. We know that uh, the range of opportunities that are there, it's a smorgasbord for students and really for us as a school to work with families, to work with the students, to help them discover their spark, to discover their individual strength uh, for their future because sometimes it can be overwhelming, the amount of change that's there and the amount of opportunity that's there for students. And so we're really focused on working with students individually 
to unpack and discover for them what is it that ignites their passion and really will shape for them that that whole innovation. Uh, where is their future? The, these young people are uh, entering into a world the jobs don't exist yet. And I think back, uh, you know, despite the um, you know the, the tinges of grey that might be coming in, it was only twenty uh, something years ago that I graduated. The, the world was different then, and the options that we had. And I talked to the parents about that. World was simpler, much much simpler then. And our young people now, we are needing to prepare our students, our daughters and sons, to enter into a world where they're shaping their own careers, they're shaping their own jobs, and we need to look at innovation, risk-taking, but in a supportive environment, and that's what we're really working on here at St Michael's. This being a school that's so southern in the state of Queensland and there being a border not so far away from here uh, that, you know, uh, you step over, you're in New South Wales... How do you find when education systems seem like it's the same country but they're different and, and you've got people that are probably students that are going through, they're going to graduate just because of the proximity of where they are. They're, they're possibly going to head into New South Wales for their, uh, their university education or maybe to even get an apprenticeship or something like that. Yeah, certainly that's something that I have found um, interesting uh, over the past um, 18 months that I've been here at the college that uh, we have, because of our location, uh, yeah. centrally, like, centrally located uh, perfectly here on the, on the coast, that we have a number of families that come to us from uh, Melbourne, a number of families that come to us from various parts of uh, New South Wales, and there's that, and a, a number of families that come from overseas as well, and, and why wouldn't you? The Gold Coast is a beautiful place. <laughs> it's um, starting to sound like a sales pitch, I love it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, but certainly uh, what we've noticed, that not only there's families coming to us, but the mobility of families, that when the students finish year 12 and they're looking to their next step, it's no longer that insular mindset that was around, um, you know, those, those years ago where you grew up and you stayed for your education in one location. Our students are branching out. They're going over to West Australia. They're uh, going to um, South Australia. They're, they're going all over the place. And with the changes now that are taking place, they're able to um, have that mobility which, with much greater ease. And so we're working with students around that. It's that academic rigour. It's that um, ability to have that resilience to move into those different environments and that's what we're really focusing on for all of our students and also for their families because sometimes that resilience is uh, something that mums and dads uh, need to be uh, building up over time as well for when their uh, daughters and sons get to that stage at the end of year 12 and go, well, you know what, my opportunity is across the other side of Australia or, uh, you know, in a different state and we work to support all of our families in relation to that. When you look at look to the future and you've said that, you know, for students that uh, they probably don't know what the, you know, the jobs aren't invented yet that they may be going to, but when you look at it from a slightly different perspective with artificial intelligence, with robotics, um, anything that's fairly well repetitive could possibly be taken away from being a human job to a robotic or a computer orientated job. What does a... a a well-rounded student look like that can go out into that world and find their place to be productive for the world? I think the reality is that we need graduates that have those, those core relational skills. We are producing graduates here that have a love of learning, 
that have that uh, ability to enter into any environment and relate to people that that are able to um, have that ability to to feel to be able to uh, form connections but are able to think outside the box and are able to look at a situation and go, you know what, there's a different way of doing this. To take risks that are safe, um, to be radical. Um, we, we're not the, the stock standard kind of um, factory model of graduate here at St Michael's. We are producing radicals um, in a, uh, a very uh, supportive uh, way and we are producing risk takers in a very um, safe way because that is the future. Uh, we want our young people to be really um, critical in their thinking to be able to look at the you know, you look at social media now and the way news cycles form. You look at the way election campaigns operate. We want our young people to look at that and go, is that true? Is that right? Um, where's the truth in all of this? But also we're producing graduates who look at a situation and, and say to themselves, is this just and fair for everyone involved? And so uh, what we are producing are young people who, and, and not really, we're not producing them, we're not a factory, but we are generating graduates who have excellent academic outcomes, no matter what pathway they're, they're following, but also they're graduating uh, with this ability to care, to, to love and to be able to look at situations and think about themselves and think about others in the situation. You've taken us for a walk around the college here and you've articulated vision for the way that you want the college to look, uh, things that you want to do with it, the innovation that you want to um, see front and centre of the college. For a campus like this, 10, 15 years' time, what do you think it looks like? Well, that's, that's a, a, a journey that we need to yeah. go on with the uh, entire um, community and that's something that, um, you know, we're beginning our master planning um, stage and we'll bring in our families, our students. One thing I can say with great certainty is that our campus in 10, 15 years looks... N very different to yeah. our campus now. What we currently have is a college that's 34 years old um, that has been built in a, in a in a stock standard way that uh, you know any visitor to our college would see what you would expect to see in a, a college that's 34 years old. What we think about now when you, you when you look at a school and you look at a, a, a Catholic community and you project forward and say, well, how are we meeting the needs for our students? Things are different. The world is different. And so what we are going to be um, moving forward with is a, a different way of working. When you think of year nine as a prime example, yeah. and, and um, my eldest child is about to enter year nine, and, and so I talk about this as an educator and also as a parent, um, that traditional educational models don't necessarily serve the year nine cohort well. And so we're starting the conversation to say, what does it look like for year nines at St Michael's? What does it look like for year eights at St Michael's? Does the stock standard model of bell goes at 8.30, bell goes at three o'clock and you're in and out of classes between that time, does that work for everyone? Perhaps the answer is no. Perhaps there's a different model. 
But that's a conversation that will take the whole community on a journey uh, before we get down that path. But, but in answer to your question, yeah. what the college looks like now, um, uh, physically, compared to what the college will look like in 10 years' time, um, it will be a different place. For this area here, particularly around the Gold Coast, right out to the beaches and into the hinterland, uh, you evidently talk with a lot of principals in the area because you've got an interest in the education of this area. Are they having the same thoughts as you or do you find yourself going, you know what, we actually want to step, you know, 10 steps ahead of everybody else? What, what's the what's the sense that you're getting? Uh, I think it's like any, uh, any industry and, yeah. um, and any uh, walk of life. You've got some people who uh, are very comfortable in, in what they do and you've got others who um, are keen to explore and keen to uh, to go to the edges and uh, and see that the world's not flat and uh, and see well what what happens if we keep walking? Um, we'll keep so you going. haven't fallen off it yet? No, not haven't fallen <laughs> off the edge yet. You never know. One day maybe. But I know uh, I've spoken to um, some principals of, uh, that uh, have um, that operate some of the major state colleges around the area. Yeah. And they have uh, had some similar experiences as I, as I have in my first 18 months. And they are looking for innovation as well. It's one thing to say that um, we look for um, innovation and innovative ways to do things. But it's about saying, well, what are we actually doing that's engaging students? And I keep coming back to um, that very issue, that for every decision we make, it's about having our young people at the core of that. That for, for our students, the best way to focus on engagement of students is to, to have every decision we make to have those young people at the forefront of our minds. That what are we doing to in, ignite the spark in every young person? Because when we think, think of the 900 young people here in our college, there are 900 different passions out there. Uh, when we talk about the strength of our students, uh, Every parent out there knows that for each of their children, they present in different ways. Their personalities are different. Their strengths are different. And I know for my three children, that is very true. And so when we talk about the strength of, the, of our students, what are we doing to um, give opportunity for our young people to demonstrate their strength? Um, and so that's a focus that, that we have here at St Michael's to make sure that we're providing those opportunities. Do you find, and you said earlier on that, you know, parents have come through a generation and uh, it's been widely reported, the evidence is there that, um, you know, there hasn't been the disruption up until now. So they've gone through a period where careers were very stable. Um, if I can just use for example, if you wanted to get transport, you taxi would come to mind and it would just be a taxi and nothing else. There was no other uh, thing to consider. Now we've got Uber and all of these other brands that, uh, you know, even for us, it's just hard to keep up with. How do you find um, conversing, communicating with the parents to let them know that uh, the change is rapid, but it needs to happen. That is in the best interest of your child when maybe they just haven't lived that. Mm. Th that is uh, a very interesting one. And, and that across this 12 months, that yeah. has really um, been highlighted for me. And what I have found is that the families of the younger cohorts um, 
seem to be more open to some of the change that's coming um, through generally in society. I'm not talking about change necessarily at the college, yeah. uh, but change generally in society. And some of the um, families in the older cohorts uh, might be a bit um, uh, change fatigued perhaps in some of those areas. And I would reflect that um, perhaps even just, again, from my own family's perspective, that I think it's one of those things that we just know that we just need to roll with it to an extent because that's the life of our children, of our, you know, if I think of my daughters and my son, that's their life. And if we're going to be parenting um, at, you know, at that appropriate stage and appropriate level, we need to get on board with, uh, with what's happening um, there. And so, uh, you know, we talk about that and even uh, on last, at the end of last week with some of our staff, there was a great debate about taxis over the, the, the <laughs> rideshare yeah. services. And so it is, it's, it's tough for some of our staff even to, uh, and for us supporting staff to understand that the world has changed. It's not just education that's changed. Yeah. The world has changed. And so for us as educators, um, that disruption is there. Um, at times it might make us feel uncomfortable but it is our role to to keep up with that disruption and to work with that um, for the good of our students. And that's part of that resilience that we demonstrate, that keenness as lifelong learners, to sometimes show the students that, you know what, some of this disruption does cause us a bit of discomfort, but these are the skills that we put in place to deal with that as we go forward. Uh, because you can be guaranteed that the disruption that our young people are going to see is going to be at a greater rate, um, greater volumes than what we'll experience in our lifetime. Is there another layer that maybe you get with a, uh, you know, Christian-orientated college being Catholic uh, that maybe you don't get with, say, a state school because there's just a rapid change and there's nothing else, but um, with the Christianity, with the Catholicism, there's a constant with the values. Do, Do you sense that at all? For me, I think um, our faith and and yeah. being and and we talk very much about the fact that we are a Catholic school. We are not a private school. We are very proudly a Catholic school, part of a system of Catholic schools, hmm. uh, as part of Brisbane Catholic Education. Now, for us, the fact that we have our faith um, that gives us great comfort particularly during times of rapid change. Yeah. And that is such a great source for us um, with at any time of change, at any time of disruption, at any time of discomfort, being able to come back to our faith it enables us to um, come back and centre our story with our students and with our staff. And so for us, um, we know that... Jesus was the major disruptor. Disruptor. Yeah. Yeah. If you talk about the story um, from when Jesus was born, and then all the way through his life, the the challenge and disruption that Jesus brought um, was constantly there, and that's what we talk about constantly at school and within our community. We talk about that uh, with our students and with the staff. And so when we talk about the other disruptions that go on in society, we can keep coming back to the fact that um, we need to take time out to stop and to listen to the call of the Holy Spirit in our lives and to, to really think about, well, what are we being called to? What is our response to some of these um, challenges that are happening? 
And the fact that we are Catholic and we have such a, a, a strong element of faith in our lives, it gives us that comfort and that opportunity to really be settled um, during these times. And that comfort and, and settling um, factor to it all, that's also true and helpful for maybe a family that might be completely secular that wants to engage with the college, yeah? Absolutely. And and that would be very true of our experience here at St Michael's. So, uh, again, proudly a Catholic community, but we would have um, at the moment um, a significant uh, portion of our community that are not Catholic, a significant portion of our students, a significant portion of our families who um, are not Catholic. And that is wonderful. That is wonderful for us as a community. And those, uh, it's an invitational model we operate. Catholic education is an invitational experience. And so for us, we are able to um, talk with all of our students and all of our families about that great story of Jesus and that great comfort that our faith gives us. We, we're not out there to, to ram that down anyone's throat, but it allows us to you know, really show our families from all walks of life that great level of support and comfort that's there. And so, yes, you're, you're correct that you know, with, with families that are not Catholic, they're still able to access that story with us. You've taken the conversation in a place that just lends itself to a brilliant segue um, leading into Christmas, but I just don't want to take it there just yet <laughs> because I want to learn a little bit more about you. Um, you're heavily involved in community organisations. Yes, I, I've certainly um, have had a, an extensive uh, yeah. experience with community organisations. It's one of those things I've probably picked that up um, from my father, I suppose, growing up as a, as a, a, a young fellow in Ipswich uh, and that uh, my dad was always heavily involved with St Vincent de Paul and other organisations and, oh, and, and my mother as well with um, always involved in our schools and, and always saw that that was uh, always important to give back to the community. So uh, as soon as I had the opportunity, uh, I've been involved in you know, numerous organisations uh, growing up. Yeah, I believe you've been involved in Rotary and the reason why I wanted to bring that up is we've been having quite a few conversations just around the different communities that we transcend and there's been a sentiment there that the younger people just aren't coming into those community groups like they used to. So a lot of those groups like Rotary, Lines um, and what have you, they're ageing. What, what would you say to young people? You're a principal, you've got a lot of young people that you have access to and, and communicate with on a daily basis. How important is it for community for people to get involved in those groups? Oh, it, it's so important and I know um, when I think of uh, my club that uh, before I moved uh, yeah. here to um, the Gold Coast, I was in um, the Rotary Club of Ipswich City and uh, we probably had quite a significant number of younger uh, members that oh, had uh, most more recently joined and it's that sense of being able to give back because in your local community, yeah. uh, when you think of your businesses, you think of uh, even in my case the school which, uh, you know, it's that uh, blend between a business and, a, a, you know, that educational um, facility, that it's the community that supports you. And so it's that sense of being able to give back to those that, uh, that need your support um, over time. I think of um, here on the coast, we're now involved in our uh, local surf lifesaving club. Yeah, right. And being able to um, support on the weekends and get out there and, and uh, you know, help out, run the activities uh, on the beach with nippers and things like that. To be able to give back to the community and, and just demonstrate um, that appreciation of, of what 
actually happens in, in the community. I know there's sometimes people will say, oh, I'm too busy, I'm too this, I'm too that. But you're never too busy to give back. And, and for us, we would talk about it again, everything, uh, and it's easy being in a Catholic school because I talk about this every day then, we put that lens back on things that we have gifts that we've been given from the Holy Spirit and so we give back. Like We, we use those gifts um, to be able to share with the community. Which is brilliant because you just brought me back to the segue. <laughs> Christmas, your message as the principal of St Michael's College, Mary Mac of the Gold Coast, what would you say to families when it comes to Christmas? Well, of course, in the lead up to Christmas and in our, in our season of Advent, it's that time of preparation and um, preparing ourselves for um, that that it's a great celebration of the birth of Jesus. We know that um, when we talk about, um, you know, Mary and Joseph and, and going through that um, time of uncertainty and then, you know, Jesus being born and, and the great gift that that was to, our, um, to the world, and as, a fa- as families and uh, you know, individuals in the lead up to Christmas, it's really that time to, to pause and reflect on all the gifts that we have in our lives and that time of being thankful um, for everything that we have and that, that reflection, whether or not people have that religious background or not, it's that chance just to pause and just you know, be mindful of all of those wonderful things that happen in our lives and how do we show appreciation or give back. And I know there's many organisations in the lead up to Christmas that we can demonstrate our appreciation, whether it's through St Vincent de Paul with their um, various appeals. Um, I know that Salvation Army, Red Cross, so on and so forth. But um, it's that time just to to pause and and spend time with those we love uh, over that break. Recharge our batteries before we uh, head into the new year uh, ready to... uh, to face uh, what is ahead of us uh, in 2020. After those batteries being recharged, your teaching staff and the broader staff, how much work, what sort of preparation goes into being ready for next year and and, uh, taking on all of that change, all of those challenges, all of those exciting elements of what the future brings when it comes to education? Well, the preparation for 2020 has begun already yeah. and um, all, all the planning, uh, the unit planning, the co-planning uh, that, is, uh, that has begun already. Uh, but certainly for the new year, we'll have our um, leadership team on deck uh, uh, in mid-January. Our teachers will be back um, shortly after that and we'll be engaging in a whole range of professional learning activities. we have uh, bringing in some consultants uh, early in the year, uh, specifically looking at um, that question of where are we now, where do we see ourselves in five years' time and, and exploring that question of uh, how do we get there and that's a sole focus on student learning. Uh, our, our focus around learning and teaching and the student uh, at the centre is continuing um, over 2020. Our learning and teaching journey of co-planning, co-teaching, that co-reflecting will continue across uh, 2020. The outcomes that we've had this year as a result of our uh, focus on accelerating student learning have been 
wonderful and we're, we're pushing uh, even further with our learning and teaching journey into uh, 2020. So we're really looking for, as much as I'm looking forward to Christmas break, yeah. <laughs> I'm really busting to get back to, uh, to uh, that work in, in 2020 because we're just at that stage of um, just achieving such wonderful results for our young people. And for the school community that maybe on the last day of school and they're going to be back here next year dropping their sons and daughters off, are they in for a shock as to what the school's going to look like when they turn <laughs> up next year? Well, that that is an exciting thing for yeah. me. I, I, on the, um, so school finished on Friday and uh, on Monday um, I couldn't even make it into the driveway. <laughs> we, um, we've got our landscaping crew that uh, is here, so we've got a significant investment uh, in relation to landscaping out of the front of the college. The most exciting thing. And I know where think, you're going with it. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people think I'm a bit nuts, but the most exciting thing is our uh, new toilets yeah. that uh, are happening. And I've been down there daily taking photos of the demolition. You've got um, to take us through that because this is something that has absolutely driven you insane <laughs> to this point. Um, yeah, why is that? So we've uh, we're we're. We're doing our first block of toilets at the moment. So, uh, unfortunately, um, for whatever uh, reason, um, yeah. our, our toilet blocks haven't been um, uh, maintained or renovated in... in uh, Modernised. Yeah, in, in some <laughs> time. So, uh, so, that's happening at the moment. And also the revitalisation of one of our main classroom blocks. So, yeah. um, by the time people um, start um, school back in January... We'll have all the landscaping, our new toilet blocks and um, our one of our main teaching blocks uh, revitalised, which is a very, very exciting development for us. And then the commencement um, of our master plan. We've had our um, energy audit uh, completed at the end of last oh, year right, and yeah. so we've had our a big um, electrical um, process happening yesterday also. And so that's um, the, the amount of work happening here <laughs> over the past uh, couple of days uh, has just been uh, out of this world. It's been excellent to see that happen. First day of school next year, you're going to have to stand out the front, watch the parents that go past, miss the turn off, <laughs> confused going, where's the school that we left last year? That's right. <laughs> it's, uh, for me, it says a lot um, to our community um, when a young person walks through the gate of the school, you know, I think a lot about how do they feel when they mm. walk through the front gate. And um, for you know, just even today as the concrete was being poured out the front yeah. uh, for the new paths and, and some of the new um, areas, the first thing I, I um, you know, consider is you know, that young person getting out of the car, walking through the gate, it just has a different feel. If you can walk through that gate and you go, oh, something's different, something's new, um, what's happened here? Um, and so just change how you feel in the morning uh, makes an impact on their day. So, um, And they're, they're improvements that will continue um, developing over the year. Do you think it also sends a bit of a philosophical message that while you're changing some of the physical attributes of the school, that's also uh, in line with the changing of the pushing the education to the boundaries so that the student is going to get the best. As you said earlier, they're central to all of the decision making and the thinking, but that you are pushing the change. You're not scared of the change so that you are turning out a student that's ready to take on the world. Oh, I think so. And, and uh, we've been talking over the past 18 months about excellence in learning and teaching, yeah. um, excellence in our, our sporting and co-curricular program and excellence in our relationships. And one of the things I'm mindful of is that 
we can't um, just talk about excellence. We need to deliver excellence. And I'm absolutely confident after uh, the end of this year, looking at the outcomes we've produced in learning and teaching, that we can proudly um, talk about excellence in learning and teaching. We then, in my mind, can't be um, impressing upon students excellence in learning and teaching if we have facilities that don't meet people's standards. And, and that's something now as a community we need to, in a sensible, measured way, work on the development of the college. Now, the college is only 34 years old, as I mentioned, um, but we need to have a look at um, how do we keep the facilities fresh. Um, so it's a bit like me. I'm only 21, of course. And, uh, yeah, you know, podcast, you can tell anybody I, anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my wife and, and children, um, not so much my wife, she's kinder, but my children would regularly <laughs> tell me what I need to uh, do to uh, keep looking fresh. Um, whether I listen to it or not is another story, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things. We, we can't let the place become tired and dilapidated. So a bit of investment um, won't hurt. Well said. Anthony Elmore, the principal of St Michael's College, Mary. Mac, the Gold Case. Thank you very much for your time with our listeners. Thanks, Andrew.